episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash greasy. There you'll have access to over 180,000 titles right from your smartphone. And if just in case you've been living under a rock, we've been sponsored by Takin for these past few weeks. And, yes. And, you know, if you go to our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you get to see Takin Tuesday, and we're rocking with them just the way they're rocking with us, and we appreciate it. Yo, 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 it's your man, Drona Dunn, and we are talking greasy. My name is Kim, and you are listening to another episode of Talking Greasy. I am not a figment of your imagination. I do still exist. I will talk about my hiatus in a later episode, but right now, we have a special interview. We got a chance to discuss the Wildin' Out tour that hits the DFW area tomorrow. If you are listening to this on November 23rd, tomorrow... You will get the chance to see Rip Michaels' brainchild. Please follow us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And without further ado, let's get into this interview. I wanted to, first of all, ask you from a person who has produced a house party at the very most, what does it mean to be the executive producer of a tour of this magnitude? Um, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, uh, and, and seeing the fans, it's been, it's been a trying at times too, but to just see the fans who enjoy our brand so much, um, to actually get a chance to see them in person. And I, I feel like this is something they wanted for years, but never happened. I mean, when we do the Wild Out Live, it's 20 times better than a TV show. Uh, you get musical acts, of course, like you do on the show, but it's super interactive. We play Saturn Reunion right. for the ring of 10,000 people. So I think that's just amazing to watch it all unfold and to sell out so many shows in every single city has been amazing. That's dope. So one thing I want to know is how this even came to be, because I am I know this, and most people who actually watch it don't know this, as a show that is recorded in front of a studio audience. But wh- how did this idea come about? Um, you know, first it was a television show, of course. You know, first it was, I was being a comic. I've been showing the country for so long. And then the team up with mm-hmm. this and do something of this magnitude. It was, super, it was like a collaboration idea between the two of us and, and what Nick wanted to do. And Nick was like, well, if you think it's going to happen, go make it happen. So we've been doing it strong. Uh, uh, that's how I came about. It started as a TV show um, called Wild and On Tour, and we were just going to different colleges and just, you know, going place to place. And then after that, I was, me and Nick was like, why should we stop here and let's go? And ever since then, we hit the ground running. Uh, and Nick been bringing out incredible musical guests like we've had Rick Ross and uh, Kodak Black, T.M.B. Rock, Wyman Lucci. Um, you name it, Cardi B, 21 Savage, and to bring them out and have them play this, this fun musical improv comedy stand-up mm-hmm. comedy slash game, it just, it's just amazing. I don't think there's any tour like it. I think the, the, most, the closest thing would be the circus. <laughs> That's crazy. What is it like to do this in front of thousands of people versus the, the way that it's normally um, recorded? Uh, we, even when it's recorded, we do it as a live type thing. We don't do commercial breaks. We don't do cuts. 
we don't we do it live every time. So it's, it's exactly the same format as we would on a TV show. Like we don't take like you messed up, you just mess up. There's no going back. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the live, but the live is better because instead of being in the studio audience of, of say seventy five to hundred people, we're now for the eight thousand. And we're bringing people mm-hmm. on stage, and we're just like, and we're making a, things happen in the moment, and then you'll get designer who'll come up and freestyle, or Jada kids that'll come up and play pick up and killing with us, and just and create comedy in that moment. So, correct me if I'm wrong in my in the way that I'm about to compare Vaughn out. I've been watching this show since it first started. So, for me and my generation, I feel like this is our generation's like death comedy now. And I don't know if anybody has ever compared it like that to you. What would you? What do you think about that? Because I've had conversations with friends about this before, and I don't think they really understood what I was trying to say. But I think it is. I think you're right. You tell your friends you are absolutely right. The show has been on for <laughs> ten seasons. It's been over 120 episodes. But it's actually lasted longer than Death Comedy Jam and In Living Color. And I'm honestly blessed mm-hmm. to be a part of the show and be a part of that 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 school, if you will, of of comics that have come from it, like the D. Ray Davises and the Cat Williams and the Kevin Hart, all started on Wild and Out. And it's to, to mm-hmm. be a part of that thing, to be a part of that, that machine, like, like an SNL, it's, it's just amazing. Um, it is. I would say it is this generation uh, in Living Color. It is this generation that's kind of getting caught. I mean, look who spies from it. Yeah. To go on a great one. Mike Epps even did it yeah. yesterday. Randy T. Jackson was a Wild Out cast. If you start looking mm-hmm. back at some of the, even the Wild Out girls that become super famous, and that's why we when we do these shows, like even when, no matter what city we go to, we don't even bring the Wild Out girls from other cities. We have Danielle, the casting director, and Lala come in. We fly them in to find the the the, the, the new Wild Out girls for for Dallas. So we, we try mm-hmm. to showcase a lot of uh, talent within the city itself, and we always give it back. Like in Houston, we gave. Uh, money back. We actually donate money. Uh, we donated twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars to Hurricane Victims. Same thing in Orlando. So we're constantly trying to give back and show the fans that we care and we thank them for for being fans of ours for so long. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the way that we're consuming comedy as a whole is changing though? Because if you look at the people that have gotten so famous off of that show, or the people who have been added to the cast after the relaunch of the show. Um, a lot of those people are famous for these short videos. And a lot of the criticism, the criticism that a lot of um, older comedians have given a lot of the young comedians is that they're able to rise to fame a lot quicker than they were just because they're making these short videos. How do you how do you feel about the way the game of comedy is changing? Um, I personally feel the game of comedy is changing for the better. I mean, with, with your people who are like internet sensations, say like your DCS Live and your your uh, uh, Emmanuel Hudson, they're they're great entertainers, and I think they've opened up a new world for even older comedians to to get new fans. And I mean, it's all about new fans. When I was a kid, I was watching this. I was like ten years old watching this, and I think mm-hmm. that that's what that brings. I think that now you don't have to go through what you had to go through to be a comedian. I think that's a blessing. You don't have to stand in long lines and perform the smoky clubs one after another. Now you can just be funny straight to a market of people that weren't available. Like you can just do whatever mm-hmm. you think is funny to the internet and then they can catch on. Like look at your country mm-hmm. wings and different people like that. And I think that's how comedy yeah. overall is bringing, it's bringing a new fan base to it that it wouldn't have had. I think that's so Anytime you part can of showcase your talent, yeah, anytime you can showcase your talent with no barrier to entry, that's, 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 that's awesome. It is. And I think that's part of the, the genius of Wild Out because 
I don't think a lot of people were able to see how some of these people who are making two-minute videos or 30-second videos could translate to a stage before something like Wild and Out. Well, what Nick does is Nick is a great uh, crafter of talent. He's a great uh, conductor, if you will. Um, and he can, mm-hmm. he can blend different personalities together and different talents in different areas and massively put that together to make a show and make a funny half an hour or make a funny movie with it. And I don't think anyone, you know, that's a talent within itself. And that's what the, the key for Wild Out has been for so many years of being on. It's transformed from L.A. to, to New York. It's been that Nick Cannon has, has been able to take someone from the internet probably who never did stand up in their life and then take it with a person mm-hmm. who's been up for 15 years and put them together and make them want to produce some awesome stuff. And that's Nick doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. I agree. 
Speaking of that, so one thing I've always found really interesting is that Wildin' Out has a very diverse cast, and one thing I'm always wondering about is if there's any, if there's ever, like, a need for, like, a learning curve for anybody who's not really up on some of the things that are mentioned in Wildin' Out, because I feel like that's some, that is a black-ass show. And so I, <laughs> I kind of wonder if it's, like, a moment where somebody has to be, like, the amb- ambassador of, like, black culture in order to get somebody to understand what is going on in that episode or in a scene or, or in a skit. Uh, I, I think that, I think you're really thinking in the very beginning, but it's always been a diverse show. I mean, from the very moment, if you look at the cast, it's always had, you know, a Mikey Day on it. It's always had a Jacob Williams on it. It's always had a Tim DeLegato on it. It's always had, you know, I'm half West Indian, so it's always had something that, that brings and half Spanish. So it's always had something that brings culture to it. And I think Nick captivates that very, very well and becomes, and I think that's why it is so successful. It's because it affects a lot of our fans are Spanish. We have a huge Asian fan base. We have a huge... I mean, when you come to the show, you see all those people in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. When you come to our show, it's not just a whole room full of, you know, urban people. It's, it's a room full of everybody. We have a huge yeah. um, uh, upper class uh, following, too. Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't think we looked at it ever as a, something that was uh, a black thing, as you put it. But I think it's always been... We always looked at it from, like, this is something that you can watch with your kids. And y'all both black. people are used to watching the show on TV, how, what are they going to, what should they expect to experience when they're watching it in the, um, in the, in the audience? One, we're on TV, we can, you don't see all the stuff that goes on that, that right. does it, you know, because we only have 23 minutes to make everybody, you know, in the whole show, we pack it up, we jam pack into the hot moments, and with the live, you see everything, mm-hmm. with the live, the first thing you're going to see is you're going to see, like, say, uh, a celebrity, uh, like, a, say, like a, uh, Slim Thug just go out and perform. As soon as we start, you're going to see Nick jump out and you're going to see a 15-minute performance by a musical artist. And then we're going to play Pick Up and Kill It with a celebrity. And then we're going to go do stand-up comedy for a few minutes. I'll do stand-up comedy. DC Young Fly, somebody else will do stand-up comedy. Imagine Hudson. And then we'll go right back into more games. We'll play, like, Let Me Holler. And then we'll play, like, Family Union. We'll bring the entire arena on stage. And then we're going to another musical performance. And then we'll wild style and then we'll close it out with a full concert. And that all happens within a two and a half hour time show. So it's a non-stop. Wow. Time. There's no dull moment. That's dope. How many things have I've been to so far? Uh, this, I don't know. This lot. current tour? Uh, I don't want to misquote, but I, sometimes we've done double shows. I think maybe 12 or 13 so far. Okay. Have you noticed any differences in the... Plan? That's a lot. So have you noticed that there's been any differences in the audiences or the crowds in the places that y'all been to so far? Oh, yeah, every time it's a different it's a different audience. We went to Boston, and it may be a predominantly a white crowd or it may be a predominantly Spanish crowd in Chicago. Every show is different. But I think we have the mm. biggest melting pot in an arena that you'll ever see. And it, the, the, the demographics that come out of the field, 
We have the parents that come, and we have people as young as five years old and they're watching the show. What's been one of your uh, hottest moments since you've been on the cast? Um, how to for the tour or the TV show? I guess when I threw powder on Timothy Delagello's face and I, I put a Haitian curse on him, I think that was the funniest thing that I've done so far. Because I, you know, <laughs> no one has seen that before. No one has seen, you know, someone do physical comedy. Like, and they're like, what in the world is this? And I think that it just shocked me. You know, for me, it changed the dynamic a while now where we start doing things like uh, pie or die and different things like that, where we start doing things that are more physical. I love Slapstick Comedy. I was a huge Three Stooges fan. Is there anything that you would like to add as far as um, what people can expect for the tour or um, anything you, you have can going expect, on? You can expect uh, 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 an experience that you've never experienced before, jam-packed to a two-hour and a half time frame. And it's going to be a, a roller coaster. So we, we encourage people to take the ride with us, take the journey with us. And we look forward to taking on 50 cities next year. This is just, you know, us to put her get our feet wet to make sure we're coming full strong with 50 cities. And anything I got going on, of course, I have an out special that I have with uh, Kevin Hart produced coming out in April on Netflix. Um, you can also look for a show I have called Hungry in the Hood, which is me going around different hoods and, and showing people that in, in different areas that we have great food. Not just you know bulletproof glass and and and, and gas stations that are closed after 7 p.m. So um, I, I want people to look out for that. Then I also have my own sketch show that I've done uh, with Cardi B and a couple other people. It's called Off the Rip and French Montana and people like Fetty Wap. So I want people to really embrace that because when you see Cardi B and and Jocelyn Hernandez playing the Real Housewives of the Civil Rights Movement, I keep on being impressed. Boy, I took the the generation of, of like a variety show to the next level. So I want everybody to look out for that. That's dope. I'm excited about that. <laughs> oh, All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really All right, you guys, that is this episode of Talking Greasy. Special thanks to Rip Michaels for being on the show and letting us know what's going on with the tour and what he has going on. Big thanks to Full Out 700 and Q the Great. It is Thanksgiving, so we give thanks for you guys, the listeners. We love you. Um, new year, new equipment. I know this was an audio struggle. Um, however, we got some big things coming up next year. So keep up with us on all of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talking Greasy. I am at K Diggs on Twitter, Whitney Screwston on Instagram, and Okra-Winfrey on Snapchat because I like to have snazzy usernames. Darnell is Darnell Does It on Instagram and Snapchat. Eat good. It's Thanksgiving. This episode features music by Big Crit, Pull Up, Aura Janice, Bonita, Wise, Great Fanta, and last but not least, Lil Uzi, 20 Minutes. This episode was sound engineered and edited by me, Kim Diggs. Peace. Listen,
like my city show. But I treat it like my city show. 20 more minutes into I'm on. 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 